In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H, Oh my, look at it out there. It's beautiful. 60 degrees right now and sunny. Supposed to climb up another, well, 19 or 20 degrees to 79 or 80. Humidity standing at 50%. And as we look ahead a few days, it's going to get warmer yet. Hey, we got a special edition today. Going to get up to date on the uh, activities of our Athens County Engineer's Office. It's a busy time of year for them. In fact, busy time year-round for them. Jeff Maiden, our Athens County engineer, joins us live. And good morning, Jeff. Good morning, well, Dave. Welcome. And, uh, you know, we need to do this a little more often, I think. Um, but we have had you in from time to time. Yeah. And uh, let's see here. You, you first became the engineer what year? So January... 2013, okay. January 7th. So uh, nearly th- nearly 10 years from now. Yeah, I'm in my ninth year. And uh, before that, what were some of your um, responsibilities? Uh, I, st- I began my career with Maiden and Jenkins Construction Company in Nelsonville. Graduated in March 1982 and uh, worked in a family business, helped my dad and my brothers build that business to a pretty substantial business by 1993. Mm-hmm. May 93, I started a small engineering firm, um, RJM Engineering Company, and was in business for 19 years, designing uh, road and bridge, water and sewer projects um, in Athens County. And um, then I ran for county engineer in the March two, 2012, was uh, won a primary election and became the engineer in following January. There's a world of difference between being in private business and being in, shall we say, governmental business. Um, do you have a preference? Um, <laughs> I don't, didn't mean to put you on the spot there. Uh, well, actually, I've enjoyed uh, both both areas. I, I literally spent uh, 30 years, 31 years in the private sector. So yeah. I, I think I really gain from that because my perspective is uh, – I know what it is to scratch a claw and make a living, uh, trying to run a business, trying to um, pay a lot of taxes, uh, employ people. You know, I, I experienced all that, and I think I have an appreciation for my job in the government because the first 11, 12, first 15 years of my career, I was building projects, building bridges, building roads. Um, the second half of that, that 19 years with RJM, I was just doing engineering design work, and it's really rare for an engineer to spend half his career in each area. So becoming the Athens County engineer, we're doing both. We're building Mm. and designing in-house, so it it allows me to really put all my repertoire of of skills and abilities together to, you know, run a pretty tight, uh, uh, a pretty pretty efficient organization. Uh, I think we do the most we can do with taxpayer money. And um, and so I'm really happy with the opportunity to do both. Well, we want to talk about the money some, but, you know, let's, let's make sure people understand. Um, the, the engineer's office, and this is the Athens County Engineer's Office, 
Um, what are their principal responsibilities? Well, our principal responsibilities are to maintain and build 361 miles of county roads. 335 bridges we're responsible for replacing, upgrading, maintaining as they age. And um, um, we work with, uh, that encompasses, just within those two areas, encompasses snow removal in the wintertime, snow and ice removal. Um, I'm also the engineer for the townships. There's 14 townships, so when they call, I go out and look at their landslide repair projects, that kind of stuff. Any issues they have, I represent them. I've gone to a lot of township meetings, help them get grants. I helped Carthy's Township get over $400,000 in grants last year. Mm -hmm. um, we, I respond to villages like the village of Trimble. Doug Davis helped him get a landslide repair uh, funded last year. Um, and um, and then I'm also the county surveyor, the county engineer, and I'm a, a registered land surveyor, professional surveyor, professional engineer, so we process all the land surveys for the county and, and check them for compliance with the minimum. I know when I've had an engineer, I'm sorry, a surveyor do something for me. Um, you know, they've come in and they do their magic, and then do they turn it over to you first? Yeah, they'll, they'll send it to my uh, deputy engineer, who's also a professional surveyor, Donnie Stevens, mm -hmm. and he'll uh, he'll review it. Brandon Williams also works in office. He has a GIS background, and he'll check it for closure. Donnie will check it for uh, compliance with the minimum standards. Um, and then we ship it up to um, uh, the auditor's office, and they'll mm -hmm. check it for adjoiners and deed compliance, that kind of stuff. And then, But once we stamp it, we just check the initial survey and send it on, and then the auditor's office processes it from that point on. Well, surveying is always a head-scratcher for me. Um, okay, well, okay, so simply maps. You know, the, the, the county... Boy, I went to look at a map last night while I was thinking about this show, and it was so complicated. And unless I really zoomed in on a certain area, it, it, it was, um, there was so much detail to it. And, you know, detail in your world is wonderful. Um, yeah, the more, the more detail, the better. When we design bridges and road projects, sure. uh, the key is uh, there are competitive bids. So, so the more detail we have in the drawings, the easier it is to build, the b better defined the project is, yeah. So, you know, you you provide the basic most, um, what would you call it, the starting point maps, and then people uh, do their magic and, and submit those changes to you, right? Yeah, well, with the maps, um, we have a county map that we developed uh, my first year there in 2013. We need to update it, um, and so we will be doing that hopefully in the next 12 to 24 months. Uh, a lot of changes, a lot of uh, corrections to be made on that map well it's uh it's remarkably detailed yeah and uh it's, it's probably only going to get more so right <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah. okay well okay now um what about on people's private lands do you have responsibility for them uh, keeping them in a certain condition 
No, no, we're just responsible for the public right-of-way, the county roads and bridges on the public right-of-way. Okay. Um, we don't get into private land issues. Now, the um, now when I think of a county engineer, uh, let's see here. So snow removal, mm -hmm. right? Yes, uh-huh. Okay, now 300 and how many miles did you say? 361 miles. Of, of roads in our county yeah and and uh, some of them of course are state highways so the state might jump in and work on that yeah if you can comprehend the magnitude of that um 361 miles of county road it has to be plowed in each direction it's equivalent to driving to charlotte north carolina and back during a snow event wow. so it's uh it, there's a lot of road there we've got 16 routes we i, I map those out we we constantly are revising our, our snow routes so that you know m my feeling is or my the goal is that we finish uh those 16 routes at about the same time so we we try to divide the mileage up and and there's so many different factors in that but but we're looking for efficiency we're trying to get all the roads plowed and ready so people can get to work and so we we put a lot of effort into um laying those those grids out so that it's efficient so and those grids to be accomplished in a certain period of time requires how many um shall we say snow plows and and people well, we got 16 dump truck routes and um and then we also have um two or three guys driving pickup trucks mm -hmm. or one-ton trucks to plow intersections because intersections are really difficult in a right. big storm right hard to plow with dump trucks so so we're uh we'll have as many as 19 out on the road okay 18 19 well and, and there's is there a lot of um what would you call it, radio communication between them, or, or do they just know what to do and do it? No, it's all about radio communication, and that's one of the problems we have is that um, we've got an, uh, an antique radio system. It's an old analog system that, yeah. um, um, that we have a difficult time in heavy snows communicating. We've got areas of the county we don't have good coverage. I've, uh, so your principal tower is where? Um, it's on um, Peach Ridge. Okay. North, North Peach Ridge, but... Uh, I, I one of the things I'm, I'm looking at is going to a digital system. There's a, a system called the Mark system, and um, I've asked the commissioners to help me fund that with ARPA money this year. It's about a two hundred thousand dollar purchase, but will make for a much safer. Um, the commissioners received about twelve million dollars in ARPA money, American Rescue Plan Act money. It's the COVID money, mm -hmm. and um, we're eligible to receive up to a million dollars of that because we lost about $986,000 in revenue in 2020 and 2021. So I've, I've asked uh, as our chief, our principal part of that money, uh, 200000 of that, to, to help us buy radio so that our drivers will uh, have uh, a much safer condition communication-wise during big snows. And let's just dig into one of the things you just said. Lost revenue uh, between 20 and 21 was uh, just shy of a million bucks. Yes. Um, how, what causes a lost revenue? Well, about 65% of our income is from the gas tax. Um, the gas tax is a, a fuel tax that's so many cents per gallon. I don't have that number in my head, but um, I should. But anyways, it's uh, 
all the gas that's sold in the state of Ohio is divided 88 ways. So we receive revenue for gas that's sold in Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, because we get the same amount in gas tax really? that they get, every county gets. So it's for so rural So the 88 counties, split it evenly? It's split, it's split evenly. So, oh, so the reality is uh, um, when you divide it 88 ways, we're receiving – um, and, and that's how rural counties are funded, basically, because uh, 65% of our budget, it's in the 60 percentile range, is from the gas tax. And you take a large county like Franklin County, it might be 3 to 4% of their budget. They, they have a $55, $60 million budget. We got a $6 million budget. So that, that funding um, is just a huge part of what we get is the gas tax. And so as the gas is, is during the pandemic, people were traveling less. At times they had travel restrictions. Gas wasn't being sold. The volume of gas went way down. We know historically what that is. And so when we look at the historical pricing of gas or how much is historically used versus what we use, was used in 2020 and 2021, using the methodology that, that was given by the federal government, we lost $986,000 uh, in revenue those two years in gas tax. Just a gas tax alone. Um, but that made you eligible for uh, these ARPA funds, right? Yeah, that's right. And most county engineers are receiving um, a large portion of that from their, their county commissioners. And the ARPA is um, initially doled out by the feds or what? Yeah, it came from Washington. It's called the American Rescue Plan Act uh, by President Biden. It's a $1.9 trillion program that was passed shortly after he was in office. And, and the whole purpose is to bring the economy back in the United States from, from this uh, devastating pandemic we had. Now, um, let's see here. Oh, and one of the notes you provided me um, to help me with this show, um, it, it says, um, let's see, Athens County got 12 Point seven million. That's correct. The city of Athens, two and a, almost two point six million. Yes. Athens Township, seven hundred and twenty-four thousand. Yes. City of Nelsonville, five hundred and thirty-seven thousand. Yes. Interesting. Athens County Engineer, zero. Zero. We're the only public entity in the transportation business. Uh, every village, every city, every county received um, a substantial amount of ARPA funds, if you look at uh, And so it's been good. It's, it's, it, its purpose is to stimulate the economy and, and bring this economy back. And, um, and, and unfortunately, I guess we're relying on the county commissioners to, to share, to reimburse us out of that $12.7 million um, that they got. So that's their choice to do so. Their choice to do that, yes. 100%. And, of course, you're only wanting to uh, have them replace that which was lost. Yeah, that's correct. And and I would use that money. Uh, one, one issue I have is Dutch Creek we talked about earlier. Um, I, I need to do some major repairs on that road. It was the subject of a lawsuit from 2015 until it finally settled. It, it, it was appealed to the United States Supreme Court. I, th I believe it was the summer 2020. And they refuse to hear the case. So uh, I need that that road is substantially deteriorated. I need to make some major base repairs as well as uh, double chip and seal on that road. 
And right now, inflation is just huge. Asphalt prices are up 25-plus percent. We've never seen it. They're higher than they've ever been. Um, they're skyrocketing vertically right now. We're, we're not sure. We've got $3 million worth of paving plan this year. And to give you an idea, that's like the difference between paving um, 25 miles of road versus 20 miles of road when we have this kind of escalation in cost. And mm. so um, will prices come down next year? Do we try to defer that work to next year? Um, mm. but, but where things are right now, we're, we're going to try to proceed. But, but I know of at least one other county engineer that's going to uh, completely halt his paving program this year in hopes of uh, – some kind of drop in this price of oil and asphalt because it's so expensive right now. So we're we're struggling with the direction to go. Um, we but could use part of that ARPA money to to work on Dutch Creek if uh, you know. You guys thought ahead though. Yeah. Um, you know, there's asphalt plants. Yeah. But uh, when was it that you guys decided to make your own? Well, we did it when uh, we used to buy uh, cold mix asphalt from uh, Cochran Transportation. They were the only supplier in Athens County. And back in those days, in the early years, we were paying $92 a ton for asphalt, but it continually escalated. Cochran's went out of business a few years ago. And so I was faced with how do we, what do we do with this? Because in in uh, Lancaster, they were selling asphalt for $135 a ton for cold mix asphalt, what we use it's different than hot mix. It's cold mix we use in the wintertime to patch potholes. We use it on um, – flex. it's a more flexible material, and we use it on our chip and seal roads to level the roads up. And so I made a decision after, uh, after Cochran went out of business to uh, contact Asphalt Materials Company and uh, see if we could bring in a, a portable pug mill to make asphalt. And we're manufacturing asphalt, trucking the stone in at around $70 a ton. It's gone up this year. It's higher than that. But – uh, our bare cost was $70 a ton um, last year. and Where if you bought it commercially, it was how much? $140 a ton. So, so we at like half price. Half price, yeah. And so we, you know, we saved almost 500 and and some, uh, I, I got it on here. We saved $574,000 last year, um, which means we basically did twice as much work as we could have. Um now, is there is we there had any made it argument about the quality of the material? No, the quality's fine. They bring in a state-of-the-art. The machine they bring in is a quarter-million-dollar machine. We pay them uh, a rental fee to bring the machine in and make this asphalt for us. It's about $1,200 a move-in for the, the rental of the machine. I don't know. We, we, we probably have a total for the machinery part of it because they charge us so many dollars, $2 a ton to run the material through it. So maybe we have four or $5,000 in the cost of the machine, but it's a brand new state-of-the-art quarter-million-dollar pug mill, and they're in and out in a day. We'll make 1,500 ton of asphalt. We sell it to the townships and the villages. There's no other source in Athens County, and we sell it to them for uh, the cost of us to handle it and to bill it. And it's about 15, you know, to put, have a guy on a loader that's loading them out. we got billing people. My uh, business manager creates bills, so we might have the cost to load it and everything, maybe another $15 a ton, and we charge the asphalt. Uh, we charge the ta- But townships are buying it for $85 a ton. Um, it would be costing them $140 a ton to go right. to Marietta and get it, right. plus a 50-mile haul on a truck. So we're saving our townships and villages tons of money with uh, this asphalt program we're doing. Now, 
I have a pet peeve, and I, I don't understand. Uh, potholes. Yeah. Um, the worst ones, of course, are on private uh, parking lots and things like that. Right. Which are not your responsibility. But <clears throat> um, I can actually name the what I consider the worst pothole in Athens. <laughs> but, um, y- you know, we, we have these, oh, what do you call it? Um... Sometimes you buy a, a wooden tabletop, and it, it's really rustic. But they, for, they pour a, a material over it. Let me kill that. They pour a material over it, and it's like epoxy or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, within a few hours of cure time, it is like solid. Mm-hmm. You know, couldn't couldn't something like that be poured into a pothole? Why why haven't we had more creative pothole products? Well, I you know it's funny. I looked into this in depth. Uh, my third or fourth, I think my third year as the engineer back in 2016, I went to a seminar on potholes uh, by a company um, out of Cleveland. I, I think their name was Quality something and. Um, and they specialize in a material um, that that's created. Uh, they would analyze our stone, and, and we made some of this. We bought some of this too, and it works pretty well. But the problem is the cost. Where we're manufacturing this this hot mix or this cold mix asphalt at about seventy seventy five dollars a ton. That material back then was twice that. It was one hundred forty fifty dollars a ton. Today, it'd be over two hundred dollars a ton, and um, um, and it's an excellent product, but um, it, it was just, I think, too costly uh, at the time. But they would, uh, it, it, but during the process of that seminar, we learned that in order to properly patch a pothole, we have to clean it mm. thoroughly. We, so we started blowing out the holes with blowers, mm-hmm. with, with compressed air, and, um, and, and cleaning them well, and then compacting them um, with hand tampers if they're more than four inches thick. And, um, and, and and then the mix we're using is a, a it's a oil-based mix instead of, in lieu of a, a water-based mix which was used previously, and so we're getting that. But when you look at the volume of uh, the potholes, we we I think we manufactured uh, just what we placed in potholes last year was uh, over 800 800 ton. It was uh, 835 ton of material. So. Uh, if you put that into dump truck language, that's over a hundred and and um, hundred and five dump trucks of asphalt was placed in potholes last year. Hundred and five dump trucks. That's a lot of material shoveled into a pothole and compacted. And so, if and the we, coal mix you find is um, sufficient. Yes, it it holds up pretty well. It depends on 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 how bad of a winter we have. Okay. Um, but if it's if it's done properly, if we, if the holes cleaned out well, we believe that we're we're doing that. I've got you know everybody's been trained on how to really do it properly and um, and compacted well. It should last. It should last. And 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 the problem is when we have these really bad winters, when you run a plow over a pothole that's been patched, it's going to pull it right up out of there. Right. So. So that's the difficulty. We're filling the worst holes in the winter. We, we've got crews patching um, several times a week. We'll have one or two crews out there patching. And we've also, I bought two other devices that cost about 25000 a piece. We call them hot boxes. 
but uh, we can heat that material in the wintertime to patch. So we take that cold mix when we put about three ton into a hot box, and then it, it makes it easier for our guys to shovel it because it's hot. Um, and, and, you know, asphalt when it's cold is very dense and very difficult to sink a shovel into. So we use these hot boxes, and we can patch year-round and fill those humongous potholes through the winter. And um, hopefully we don't plow too many of them out. I um, I'm, I go down into Pomeroy often, and um, there's one huge wall. Um, and, of course, that's a – see, that would be a federal highway, right? Yes. Um, where it looks like this mountain could just come falling down on the road. And they have been taking all sorts of steps to – I mean, the – most amazing, huge lifting arms, putting wire fencing and um, but on the ground flat. Mm-hmm. Um, this project is huge. Now, you, you folks have versions of that too, right? Yeah, we don't have any slips um, and things. Yeah, we got landslides. Uh, landslides are a huge thing here in Athens County, and we we've fixed probably I don't know sixty landslides since I've been in county giant. Where we stand count wise, a couple years ago we were over fifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year we fixed three landslides. We've been using drilled shafts mostly, which was never done before in Athens County, in at, at least at the county level, and so. We, we do geotechnical, uh, we do drilling, we drill down, find rock, and determine how solid that rock is, and then we design a wall that will be drilled into that rock. And I've fixed landslides in this county where they've been fixed two or three times before with just driven piling, and the piling's rolled over. And we'll go in and we'll drill these, these uh, drilled shaft walls into rock, and they should be there for 500 to 1,000 years, however long it will take to steel to rust, I guess. Um, but we're, we're fixing, we're fixing them right. We got a lot of them. And so there's so many in Southeastern Ohio in the last five years that, um, uh, the Ohio Public Works Commission allocated an additional $15 million last year, um, uh, in 2021, uh, just for landslide repairs in Southern Ohio. And so we, we use FEMA funds. We've had two FEMA emergencies since I've been the county engineer. We've had several state level emergencies with the Ohio EMA. Uh, which is ba- basically state FEMA. You've got FEMA is Federal EMA, Emergency Management Agency. State FEMA is Ohio EMA. And then we have Athens County EMA, and that's led by a guy named Don Gossel. Yes. And so we have local, we have state, we have federal, and it's all emergency management. And we use those funds uh, when we have these massive rains and we have roads sliding all over the place. These roads are just in movement all the time. The soil's in movement. And... Um, and when we get saturated roads, but, but is this unique yeah. to Athens County, or is this something that just this region has, or is it true everywhere? No, it's just uh, it's the topography of this county. Um, so you take Athens County, Monroe County is probably the worst east of here. Um, uh, I don't know about as as the topography topography like Perry County is more flatter, more rolling type county. They don't have as many slips. Mm-hmm. Um, Hawking County has some slips, but uh, we've had a ton of them we fixed. And, um, and it has to do with the quality of the soils, the shallow soils. Uh, when they get saturated, the property of the soil changes, the sheer strength of the soil. And so it's more prone to, to – and a lot of the soils are just kind of – in Athens County are, are kind of just stable, but 
it doesn't take a lot of water to create instability and, and allow them to move. So that's uh, that's what we deal with here. It's it's more indicative, more more characteristic of Southern Ohio, for sure. Okay, so let's let's go back to the beginning. Um, annually, excuse me, annually, um, you folks are given uh, or provided with dollars. Yes. And um, and and yet, um, your expenditures are more than that, right? Yeah, it it would take about between forty and fifty million dollars for us to cure all the problems we have, as far as bringing roads up to grade, replacing some critical bridges, um, and and we we receive on average. Um, there was a gas tax increase a few years ago mm-hmm. that took us from about a $4.4 million budget to about a $5.8, $5.9 million budget. And that's what we rely on. We rely on gas tax and, and motor vehicle license plate tax. And that's what we live on. And then we go out and get grants. And we've got as many as 4 or $5 million worth of grants in one year. But we're always seeking grant money. Um, to help us pave roads, to help us fix slips, to help us replace bridges. And so we really live the major infrastructure improvements are by grant. But out of that that $5.8 million, $5.7 million budget, um, about 45% of that is labor and benefits for the employees that, that work mm-hmm. here. So, mm-hmm. so almost half of, of that funding just goes to employ 17 union members, um, four other management guys that are mechanics or, or, or managing the road, uh, one bridge guy, two superintendents, uh, a mechanic supervisor, and then in the office we've only got a staff of four. I know some counties, a little bit bigger, might have twice as big a staff in, in their office. We've eliminated one position in our office. Uh, one woman is now uh, one woman. Andrea Frenchow is my business manager now. She's doing um, the job, two jobs that used to be done. And some of those responsibilities are given to Brandon Williams, who's our GIS guy. So we've we've got two people basically doing three jobs before. Um, Donnie Stevens jumps in there. He's my deputy engineer. He's here with me today. He's he's a workhorse in my office. He's he's got a, he's involved in everything we're doing, like I am. Um, and um, well, and so between it, it, the four of us, we do we do a tremendous amount of work in that office. Yeah, you know, there's times of the year when it's um, a regular business day, but um, I would think there are more times when it's not, and because of inclement weather or what have you, or instance. Um, so, you know, your staff a number again is is roughly just use a round number. A total about 25 for the entire department, 25. That seems low to me. That's very low. When my father was county engineer, Rex Maiden, from 1976 to 1979, I think they had 55 employees at the time. Some of those might have been CETA workers, grant-funded workers. But I happened to work uh, for a few weeks one summer, six weeks one summer, and summer 78, I think. And... Um, and there were so many people you didn't know everybody. It was completely different. And, and through attrition and retirement and increasing cost and lower funding, 
Um, this is true for all counties. All county engineers are operating at probably half the employees they had in the uh, 40 years ago. So it's. Uh, 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 is the equipment more efficient? Uh, the equipment is more efficient, but I think that um, we contract out work. We contract our paving work out. We contract out our chip of seal. We I've set up a bridge crew. We're building the small bridges ourselves. We're limited to how big those bridges can be. We can't spend more than $100,000 of force account labor on a bridge. Um, and so the County Engineer Association tried to get that increase last year to, for inflation purposes. Uh, it should be about 230000 a bridge, and we could employ more people and do more bridge work uh, if we could do that. But that was uh, the legislature did not pass that last year. Mm-hmm. And, and basically the construction unions and the Ohio Contractor Association would like to limit what we can do so that we contract that work out to um, contractors in, in lieu of doing it ourselves. So that's what our association is battling every year, trying to get the right to do more work ourselves. And um, and we would do that if we could, but we're we're limited. And I've got I've got forty five bridges that need replaced. So it's uh, do you do you answer to the commissioners? Um, I work hand in hand with commissioners. They are not my boss. I, I'm an elected official, so I have autonomy that way okay. to select the roads that I'm going to work on, the bridges that need replaced. Um, I make all those decisions, but I certainly. Uh, hear everything they say and if they've they've got concerns they contact me they call me on my cell phone Uh, we'll look into situations all the time for them Um, and and I I try I try to work closely with everybody really well you know you look at revenue 6633 so 6 million no I'll round this off 6.6 million yeah expenses 7.3 million right Uh, you know there's a shortfall there yeah. Well, well, what? One more time. Where does that come from? That was uh, or last. How's it made good? Well, what happened in 2020? Um, the projections were that we would lose in in March and April 2020, working through our association, the County Engineers Association of Ohio, and the Ohio Department of Transportation. The best accountants, the best minds thought that we would lose 1.2 million in in revenue and gas tax revenue, and that might have been a little conservative for 2020. So mm-hmm. we planned on that. And so I cut everything back in 2020 based on a $1.2 million loss. And at the end of the year, it was closer to, uh, you know, 360000 It depends on how you calculate it, but it was somewhere between three hundred sixty and 500000 So we carried seven eight $800,000 forward that we normally wouldn't have done. And so because of that, I spent that money in 2021. So we spent that much more than what we received. Uh, which was mostly the carrier or the conservative approach to 2020 that allowed us to do that. So that's what that was. Well, remarkable. What, um, you know, if if um, if there were some uh, angel in the sky who. Uh, swooped down and said, Athens County, I want to do something for you. What what would be your number one, two, and three choices? Well, the, the biggest problem that we face in the, in the next 10 years is our bridge program. I think out of 88 counties, we're, we're ranked uh, eighth in the state in the number of really bad bridges. A lot of those bridges... 
there's a major bridge funding program coming out um, as part of this infrastructure bill you hear about. And um, we're going to be submitting some, some um, grant requests at the end of this month, at the end of May, for some bridges. But those bridges have to be basically under con contract, designed and under contract by June 1st of next year, which is just incredible for the, for the federal process. Mm -hmm. But where I'm going at with this is for those bridges to be replaced, they have to be a 20-foot span or more. The length of the bridge has to be 20 foot or longer to be classified as a federal bridge. I have probably 30 bridges that are less than that span that um, are not eligible for that federal funding that need replaced, and I don't have any funding for it other than our normal um, budget. So I guess if I need to work on maybe a bridge levy for Athens County so that I can replace all those smaller bridges. I needed uh, that would be my number one request probably at this point would be looking for some kind of bridge levy or road levy to help us uh, fund all the small bridges that we need to replace and there's going to be federal money this part of this this big infrastructure package that President Biden came out with um, and that money's coming up really fast so we can we can look at replacing our federal bridges it's going to be very competitive statewide but we have so many bad bridges I think we're going to get our share there and. Um, um, so we're going to have a major federal bridge uh, program in the next few years, but but these smaller bridges that need replaced is what uh, what need addressed more than anything. I certainly travel many of them, and um, you know you you always assume everything's okay, um, or they wouldn't be available. Well, we put we put uh, load limit signs on these bridges. They need to be strictly adhered to um, because those numbers are real. We we um, there is engineering judgment on some of them, but some of them are, those are actually calculated numbers mm -hmm. based on the strength of the bridge. And um, uh, it's always a challenge when that gets so low. Do we close the bridge? Uh, um, and those are hard decisions. I've closed a few that were so bad that I didn't feel they were safe, but. Um, if trucks and people adhere to the load limit, they should be okay, the load limits we have posted. In the papers I was reviewing for this show, uh, I came across your 2020 annual report. Right. And uh, the, the, the headline, if you will, was 2020 was a good year despite the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And then you went into a great deal of detail. Mm -hmm. Now, the 21 report. Mm -hmm. Um, if if you've published it, I've I haven't seen it yet. But well, the, what might the headline say there? Um, I think the headline will say we made tremendous progress in spite of a continuing pandemic or something to that effect. I'm working on that report now. I always publish that on Memorial Day weekend, so it's coming up here in the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. I was hoping to have it done early this year, but I didn't get it done. Um, there's just a lot of information. We're going to expand that report this year and include uh, recognition of some long-term employees that have uh, the two guys that have been there for 26 years, Craig Scott and Shorty Hawk, and Mike Sheets, who's been there for 43 years. I'm going to include some information about them. I'm going to include some information about township programs where we've assisted the townships and and um, in addition to the roads, bridges, the uh, surveys we checked, the culverts we replaced, the drainage improvements, um, and and I think uh, uh, that's uh, 
our, our greatest accomplishment last year is we improved about 30, about 10% of our roads, roughly 30 mile, 30, 30 plus miles of our roads. Now, when you think of all the different communities we have, and each community to some degree has their own uh, services, um, it, it, how do you how do you how do you coordinate with all these different places? Who's doing what? Um, yeah, we don't really go inside the villages unless we get a request to do that. And we don't uh, technically, um, I'm not really, can, really legally can can do spend money, spend county money inside of a village, incorporate a village. So I, I, I think I did it one time, but I went to the commissioners to get their approval several years ago on a road that was serving as a detour road uh, because of a landslide we were repairing, we had to close the county road. So I made some improvements to a village road in Gloucester because uh, because traffic couldn't get out that road. It was that bad. So I've, that's about the only time I've really ventured inside of a village or an incorporated area. Um, sometimes we're right on the border. I've got a, a pipe we're going to replace. It's in half in the city of Athens and half in the county, and I'll be talking to the city about that. We've been working on that design as part of a paving project. But... Um, we work, you know, we sell materials. I sell salt. I sell, uh, or I, I uh, the county engineer sells salt. I, I knew what you meant. Yeah, so we sell salt. We sell asphalt. We sell salt and sand and sometimes materials to the to not only the townships but to villages too. And I know a lot of the village officials, they'll call me or they'll call one of the guys that works for me. And we'll make arrangements. We've, we've actually delivered it to them when they really need it. They don't have a truck to, to, to take the delivery. Um, and so we work with everybody, really. It, 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 if there's a need, we try to fill it. Uh, we'll charge them for it because it's county money. Um, and they're a village, and they have their own source of income. So we, we do charge our cost, but basically it's our cost that we charge. And we buy salt on a state contract. We buy it cheaper than, any, than anybody can in the open market. And so we're passing that salt cost along at our cost. Uh, we spent seven hundred thousand dollars building salt barns in Canaville to to uh, uh, protect that salt from the weather to keep it dry. And so uh, we have those facilities, and um, and and we've got quite a list of townships and villages we've sold materials to, and we'll help them. I've looked at. You know problems with structures. I've looked at box culverts in Bookdale. I've looked at a box culvert in Albany. I, I I've looked at slips in in uh, Trimble Village, the village of Trimble, and I personally go out and look at these things. I go out and look at all the landslides for probably eight different townships. Um, and so a lot of my time, I'll, I'll get up in the morning and I'll have a list. You know, I I I, I start anywhere from seven to eight in the morning today yesterday i was there at 6 30 i left at 4 30 yesterday i mean that's not that's a typical day i went in there with the intent of working on my annual report 10 hours passed and i never got on it i constantly had people contacting me i had a township trustee that called me i had issues with the san the sanitary sewer project going on for the for the commissioner so i'm reviewing maintenance of traffic plans and communicating with contractors i'm, I'm communicating with my people and so in the course of a 10-hour day it, it's basically comprised of five to ten minute segments all day long and 430 came and I had not I'm trying to wrap up my annual report I never got to that item so I'm trying to still figure out how to manage my time so that uh, I can get the 
uh, we're getting critical things done, but I'm not getting every, you know. Join the club. You yeah. know, <clears throat> it's uh, part of leadership. It's so. Yeah. Um, every moment you turn around, something new's happening, and yet there's other things you have to get done, too. Right. Well, what, um, you know, if there were something, a magic wand could be waved. Um. What would you like to see done differently or uh, assistance made available? Um, and then my next question, and they don't necessarily fit together, is w people call you, right? What are most of the complaints about? Uh, they vary, but mostly it's road conditions. Um, and, and there's a wide variety of complaints. We, since I became the county engineer, we track them all. We have a digital system where it's all recorded in a computer. Um, and then uh, work orders are printed out. We call them complaints or we call them service requests. Mm -hmm. I like the term service requests more because it's of usually course. people driving a road. They'll tell us about a major pothole someplace. Um, and we can dispatch. I'll, Mike Sheets is normally the guy going out and checking these complaints out. He's one of my two superintendents. Kenny Wagner's the other. And, um, and he and Kenny, one of them will go out and check the complaint out, whichever one's available, and meet with the landowner if, if required. Um, and it could be anything from a culvert to, to a pothole to a guardrail issue to a bridge issue. It could be a hole in the road because we got a culvert going underneath the road, and our culverts, we I don't know how many culverts we have. We've inventoried all the assets in the county road system except for culverts, and there's just so many of them. I'm going to guess we have between, I don't know, four or 5,000 culverts, hmm. and most of them have, were corrugated metal culverts installed back in the 70s and 80s and maybe early 90s, and all that steel is rusted, and so we have holes in these culverts, and and as the backfill around them washes out in these major storm events, we develop a hole in the road. So um, right now I think we have a list of 100 culverts that need replaced um, at an average cost of probably $3,000 a piece. So you're talking about $300,000 worth of culverts that need replaced or more. And, um, and that's just if we do it, it would probably cost more to have a contractor do it. Um, and so we're, we're constantly just putting fires out with our culverts and, and responding. But we appreciate people calling because uh, I've kind of trained everybody. We need to we need to look at this as they are our eyes and our ears on the road system. We can't cover 361 miles of road every day, so it's important if if we have a really bad situation for people to call us and let us know about it. We'll go out and check it out, and um, and we'll we'll if it's an emergency, we'll break somebody off a crew and go fix it. Or dispatch, uh, and so we're constantly doing that because uh, because of the state of our our culvert system, I guess, and and um, and our potholes and so forth, sur surface conditions. But it's not as bad as it sounds. It's uh, it's gotten a lot better in the last nine years, and it's going to continue to get better as we go to, into the future. To be a county engineer, what kind of credentials did you have to hold? Uh, you got to be a registered. A professional engineer, and in order to become a PE, you have to have a, a, a four-year degree in civil engineering from uh, an accredited, an ABET accredited school, um, a qualified school like a high university is an, an excellent school, and um, 
Um, and then you have to take an eight-hour exam um, called your – it used to be called the engineering training exam when I graduated 40 years ago. And then you have to do a four-year apprenticeship working for a professional engineer. And then he has to sign off on your experience. And you have to take another eight-hour exam called your professional uh, engineer's exam. And you pass all those, you're a professional engineer. Then you have to take the surveyor and training exam, do a four-year apprenticeship working for a professional surveyor, then take an eight-hour professional surveyor exam. And, and if you do all that, then you're a professional engineer and a professional surveyor, and you can run for county engineer and get and hopefully get elected. Convince everybody you're qualified. Um, so how's, how are you holding up? Do you think uh, this is something you want to do for the next 20 years? Or? Uh, I'm 63 years old, so no, I don't, I don't anticipate I'll do this for 20 more years. Uh, okay. You know, we never know the direction um, our lives are going to take. I have a younger brother who passed away in 2017. He was an amazing young man. We don't know how long we're going to live, and we don't know. We want to enjoy our lives, too. But right now, I, I feel good. I love the work I'm doing. It's an important part of the structure of my life. So I don't uh, – we still have more work to do if I feel like I'm no longer effective or – or um, I can't deal with the stress of the job, then then I'll move on. But I'm I'm not there yet. You know, uh, Rex was your father, right? He was my dad, yes. And uh, I remember having him on the air years ago. Wow. Yeah, and he, um, he's a great man. Yeah. Great man. Well respected. You know, you're doing a great job. Uh, I know it's tough. Yeah. Uh, we're having tough times too here at the station because of. The COVID and all sorts of concerns that people have right now. We have less than a minute, but uh, I just want to thank you for what you do. And and um, I, uh, feel free to reach out to me and let, let us help communicate uh, things with the audience, with our public. And uh, um, Well, thank you, Dave. I appreciate being on here. Um, like to come on more often and talk about the, the the great people I have working at the Athens County Engineers. Got great crews, great great office staff. Uh, I'm just I love the people I work with, and that's one of the reasons that. Uh, and I love uh, being able to be of service to the people of Athens County. I appreciate this opportunity, so thank you very much. You bet, folks. For the life of me, I can't remember who our guest is tomorrow, but I gu I guarantee it's going to be a good one. Okay. <laughs> but I do know that on uh, the mayor will be on Thursday. So um, join me again tomorrow, please, and have a great day out there. It's uh, in our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio. AM 970 and 97.1 FM. <laughs> this is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Air Force One has just touched down in Buffalo. President Biden and his wife Jill joining a community in mourning days after what police say was a racist motivated massacre at a supermarket. I'm Steve Dorsey traveling with the president and first lady. They'll soon meet with families of the victims of the Buffalo attack, first responders and community leaders. The White House says they'll also pay their respects at the Topps Market Memorial. The president is also expected to denounce the attack and call it an act of terrorism based on hate and a perverse ideology. He'll also call on Congress to pass gun control. Skyrocketing prices aren't stopping Americans from spending. The Commerce Department says retail sales were up 
for the fourth month in a row. CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger. Sales were strong at gas stations, food services, and drinking places, mostly because we saw a big increase in prices in those areas. Higher costs for food and fuel are hitting Walmart hard. The company says operating profits plunged 23% in the first three months of the year. It's primary day in five states, and a race for Senate in Pennsylvania is getting lots of attention. UVA political analyst Larry Sabato. The Republican incumbent, Pat Toomey, is retiring, and Republicans really need to hold this seat to have a good chance to take over control of the Senate in November. Finland's president has arrived in Sweden for a two-day visit. He spoke about the significance of the two countries joining NATO. The siege at a steel plant in Ukraine appears to be coming to an end. Hundreds of Ukrainian soldiers who've been holed up there for more than two months have been evacuated. Correspondent Deborah Pata reports from Kharkiv. The Russian military took the wounded Ukrainian fighters to territory it controls. A prison exchange is being negotiated while rescue attempts continue for those still underground. A massive underground find in Southern California. Officials say they've uncovered a drug smuggling tunnel the length of six football fields from Tijuana to San Diego. They say it was built in one of the most fortified stretches of border, featured electricity, ventilation, railroad cars, and reinforced walls. Brittle bones? Get out there and move. CBS's Vicki Barker explains. Writing in the British Medical Journal, the experts say people with osteoporosis should be exercising more, not less. They suggest brief bursts of moderate impact activities, such as jogging, aerobics, or Zumba on most days, with muscle-building exercises twice or three times a week. The Dow is up 293 points. This is CBS News. Find your next great hire with Indeed. Their hiring platform makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in the same place. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Improve your gas mileage and save money with fuel system cleaner from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get two bottles of Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner for just $10. Plus, earn double O rewards points and get your next reward even faster. For a clean, lubricated, more efficient fuel system, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or shop online at O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. You're driving along and some nimrod cuts you off. You hit the horn. <laughs> Jeez, it sounds like a goose in distress. Time to head over to eBay Motors. They have horns for every make and model, not to mention horn pads, steering wheels, wiring, and more. 122 million parts. You can even go for an upgrade. <laughs> that looks like Mr. Cutoff Man needs a new seat cover. 